Well, hi there and welcome. Take two with Jerry and Debbie and normally you getting underway here on EWTN Radio. I'm Jerry Usher along with Debbie Giorgiani. We are pre-recorded today. We like to bring you original content when we have to miss a live show. And that is exactly what we're going to prepare for you and air for you today. So as I mentioned, I'm here with Debbie Giorgiani. And Debbie, we've got a wonderful guest who's going to be joining us here in a moment. Well, everybody loves him, Father Donald Calloway. So I'm going to let you, Jerry, jump right into the formal introduction. And then we've got a lot to cover with this wonderful priest who uh, the Take-Two family absolutely trusts and follows and um, reads all of his books, and it goes on and on. But let's get started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Father Donald Calloway is no stranger to most of you who are listening right now. He's a prominent Catholic priest, of course, a dynamic speaker, best-selling author. Perhaps you have made the uh, consecration to St. Joseph that Father Calloway put together. I've done that about three or four times myself. And he's known for his inspiring journey of conversion and deep devotion to the faith. Having undergone a transformative spiritual transformation, he has become a captivating voice within the Catholic community, sharing his profound insights and experiences through his talks and writings. Father Calloway's story of embracing the Catholic faith and consecrating his life to the Blessed Virgin Mary has resonated with countless individuals seeking spiritual renewal and a deeper connection to their beliefs. And with the unique ability to connect with people from all walks of life, Father Calloway continues to inspire others with his unwavering commitment to God and his mission to spread the message of faith, hope, and redemption. Father Donald Calloway, it is great to have you back on the show. Welcome. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Debbie. Good to be with you guys again. Really, it's an honor. Thanks so much. Sure. Oh, well, Father Calloway, the Take-Two family really does love you, and we do follow you um, when you're on social media, when you're writing the books, or you're promoting a special devotion. Now, you're with the religious community, the Congregation of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary. So uh, we want to get into how you got there, right? How you're a part of that religious community. So there's always a backstory. So could you share a little bit of your personal journey, Father, of conversion, and how it led you to become a Catholic priest. Absolutely. So, yeah, I grew up, you know, in a non-Christian family and um, had a very difficult upbringing. I dropped out of high school and got into a lot of trouble. Eventually, found myself uh, in two rehabilitation centers, was in jail several times, and I actually got kicked out of a foreign country. My stepfather was in the Navy, and uh, I caused a big kind of scene over there and got kicked out. But through all that craziness, my parents had a big conversion to the Catholic Church, and um, started praying for me really hard, especially the rosary, and it took me a few years, but eventually the divine two-by-four got me, and um, I fell madly in love with Our Lady, with Our Lord, with the teaching of the Church, became a Catholic, and um, then discerned my vocation, and that was 30 years ago, believe it or not, and it took me 10 years to uh, do all the studies required to be ordained a priest. And now I've been a priest for 20 years, um, because God is merciful. God is mm. so good to us. Well, he is. You're a great example of that, Father. But we all are, really, when we when we think about it and reflect upon it. God's grace and mercy, and he makes that available to everyone. And the, the gift of faith, we just have to act upon that gift. Yep. And you mentioned yep. not, not having uh, a lot of uh, you know, real uh, religious background and upbringing and so forth. Did you have any experiences as you were growing up, going through that phase of your life? Did you, did you encounter any priests? Did you, did you encounter people who were on fire for their faith? Or do you think there were any seeds planted at that early age in your life? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't meet any priests or anything like that, not even any Protestant pastors. I, I didn't have anything to do with church at all, anywhere. But one of my aunts, 
um, growing up was very religious. She was, um, I think she was like a Southern Baptist or something. And, you know, she was such a beautiful lady. And I always thought, thought she was so nice and still is. And um, I just remember thinking, you know, I don't think much about religion, but my aunt seems to be a really special person, a really lovely, beautiful lady. And, and, you know, I, I knew that Jesus had something to do with that. And I just, I didn't want anything to do with religion, but I could tell, I don't know, my aunt is, she's a special woman. And I I don't know, that always stuck with me. Wow, that's beautiful. Speaking about women, um, blessed Carlo Acutis, father, Mm. 15 years old, he said in the book that his mother wrote about him, he said that the only woman for him was the blessed mother. And you shared that you have a deep devotion to the to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, please, you know, I have all your books, by the way. So um, for me, it's really easy because I'm I'm actually staring at all your books right now on on the uh, desk. So um, you're you're very devoted, very devoted to the Rosary. Tell us how you how you got there and what really what we all need to know about our spiritual mother. Hmm. Well, you know, I. Um, I just fell so in love with her when I had my conversion because I just was enamored of how lovely she was portrayed by saints and what they said about her that, you know, God made his own mother. You know, she's not God, the Virgin Mary, but she's a mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. And so Jesus being God, he made his own mom. And, you know, he made her perfect and flawless and beautiful and immaculate and holy and a virgin and a mother and all these wonderful things. And I just said, wow, I mean, if God did that for her, and he did, what a special woman, what a special mother. And, and then I loved everything associated with her, you know, the rosary, the scapular, the miraculous medal, the apparitions she's appeared at, and I just, oh, I can't get enough of her. She's brought me so much closer to Jesus, and as a good mother, you know, she helps me to, to try and be a, a, a better man, and I'm going to need her till the end of my days, that's for sure. Mm. Got about 45 seconds here, Father. Uh, for those who are really uh, not really deep into a Marian devotion quite yet in their lives, uh, what's a good starting point for them? Just get a rosary and start to learn how to pray it. What would you say for a first step? Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, if, if, if you can do the rosary, great. Some people struggle. So if you can only do maybe a decade, you know, one set of 10 Hail Marys, okay, build it up, you know. But ask Jesus. Just say, Lord, I don't really know your mother, and you loved her. Would you introduce me to her, you know, and, and help me to get to know her and, and feel comfortable in that relationship? And he will. Oh, he will, because he loves her so much. He wants people to love her. Amen. Father Donald Calloway, our guest, a special pre-recorded episode of Take Two with Jerry and Debbie hearing, airing here on EWTN Radio. Our thanks, as always, to our producer, Ace McKay, who has put this special broadcast together. He uh, does a great job on The Daily Show when we're live, and when we have to provide uh, original content to you when we're not live on uh, days off, he always lines up great interviews. We'll have more with Father Calloway here in just a moment on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio.
We hope you're enjoying this broadcast. We are with the one, the only Father Donald Calloway. Everybody on the take in the Take Two family, we just absolutely love um, him and and what he does for us by way of Saint Joseph and the Rosary and all the books that he writes, and that and the devotions that he promotes. Uh, so we'll get back to a conversation with Father Calloway. No calls uh, today, please. Um, we are asking the questions on your behalf with this pre-recorded broadcast. But Jerry, I just wanted to share with our listeners through. Through redemptive Catholic journalism, EWTN News helps advance the gospel and teachings of the church. Get our trusted Catholic news in your email inbox. Visit EWTN.com and click on subscribe. All right, very good. As Debbie mentioned, no live calls today, but we do know that you're going to appreciate the conversation we are having with Father Donald Calloway here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. We'll be back live with you very, very soon. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the consecration to St. Joseph, Father. I know that that is very dear to your heart, and it was it was eye-opening. I think it was soul-opening for a lot of people. Like I mentioned earlier, I made that consecration at least three times. With did it once on my own, twice with my parish, which is St. Joseph Parish. Thanks be to God. Um, what was the timing on that was absolutely uncanny. Uh, the Holy Spirit must have really prompt put that in your heart to put that together because, of course, St. Benedict called on the year of St. Joseph. I mean, Pope yeah, yeah, it it was Holy Spirit moment for sure because I just felt in my prayer, you know, with the crisis in families and all this gender ideology and confusion, you know, what is a woman, right, and and what is a man? And so I thought, boy, I mean, we really need a good father right now to really kind of straighten some of this nonsense out. And and I thought, well, what better father is there than St. Joseph? And so I wanted to come up with this kind of consecration program, similar to marrying consecration programs, and kind of bring him on the scene again. And, and um, yeah, and then, you know, the pandemic happened, so people were really stressed out and anxious about everything, and yet God provided for us, you know, with St. Joseph during that time. And then we had the Pope declare a year of St. Joseph, and it was like, wow, I mean, this really was of the Holy Spirit. It just took off. I mean, that book is in 22 languages now, and it's, my goodness, it's everywhere. Yeah. Marty and I um, made the consecration as well, Father. It was a it was a spiritual game changer, that book. I mean, the thing that, do you get this a lot, Father Calloway, this um, idea that, you really changed the um, perception of Saint Joseph for all of us, with the with the thought that he was actually much younger um, than we have been taught in in the past. I mean, did that? Uh, do you get that a lot? Like, thank you, Father Calloway. I never thought he was that old. <laughs> yeah, I do, and uh, it's funny because people tell me I'm the kind of thing. Father, I thought he was like 90 years old. I thought he was more like a great-grandfather figure and, <laughs> and everything. And then, you know, I commissioned a lot of artwork for the book, and that helped, too, because you could visualize it, you know. And, um, and now I've actually got a brand-new book called The Chaste Heart of St. Joseph. Mm. It's a graphic novel. It just came out, brand-new. Um, the EWTNRC.com catalog, they have it. Um, so I'm, now I'm appealing to to the young people with this graphic novel, basically a comic book, on uh, the chaste heart of St. Joseph. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you this. Why is it always about, and I know the answer, but I would love to hear it from you. Why is it always about the heart? You know, when you look at Eucharistic miracles, when you look at, um, you know, the, the saints, 
uh, a lot of times they they um, have their heart go around, you know, to, to be venerated. I mean, t- talk about that a little bit. Why always the the focus on the heart? Yeah, I think it's because the heart really, you know, it's it's just a an organ, you know, but it's it represents the person because you know you can't see personhood. It doesn't. It, it's it's intangible in the sense of it's not. I mean, my arm is not my person. My my face is not my person. You know, it it personhood is you kind of can't catch it. But yet, when we venerate a heart, we're talking about the person. So sacred heart, immaculate heart, chaste heart, or like the heart of Saint John Vianney. If you remember a few years ago, it was actually on tour going around the world. Um, so that's what it really represents. It's getting to you're a person, and I love you. And I want a relationship with you. And I think that heart, it brings in the emotional aspect, right? We love, it's from the heart. So it's, I think that's why. Take two with Jerry and Debbie. Our guest is Father Donald Calloway. We are not taking your calls today because it is a taped show, but we like to give you brand new stuff that you haven't heard before, even when we are not on live. So we hope you're enjoying this conversation, and I'm sure you are. Father, if I, I just want to stay on St. Joseph just for a moment because my middle name is Joseph. Uh, my parish is St. Joseph, and I just uh, that, that was a total life-changing uh, consecration for me. Um, Debbie mentioned, you know, that you came, you, what came through in your book was Joseph's probably a lot younger than some, some of the times the way he's depicted. What are three other things that you learned about St. Joseph that you think are really important for all of us to know? Yeah, well, one would definitely be, you know, along with a lot of times we thought that he was old, a lot of times we've heard that he was a widower, right? That he was in a previous marriage. And that's actually not the teaching of the Church. It never has been. Um, there's actually a very strong tradition that he, too, was a virgin. Um, so he wasn't a widower, um, and he didn't have other children from a previous marriage. So that's, you know, that's amazing, because um, sometimes you don't, you don't hear it presented that way. Um, and then also that he's the terror of demons. You know, that title, it's in his litany, that is like the money title. That's like, wow, what man would not want to be known as the terror of demons, you know? Right. So it's, it's, it's that amazing. And then, you know, his um, purity. I mean, the purity that he had to be the husband of the most beautiful woman who ever lived, and yet to have a chaste heart, to have such purity that the angels are in awe of it. And I think in this time in which we live, pornography and all the filthy, perverse things in our times, boy, that's an incredible thing for us to know of, of a man, a father, a husband who has a chaste heart. Uh, that's good stuff. Well, speaking of pornography, Father, you know, it, it's, it's tearing apart uh, uh, families and, and marriages. Is there anything you can say to, we have a lot of, of uh, married couples that listen to Take Two around the world. What can you say about this? It's such an invasion, a threat, a, a sinful, a sinful um, act that that comes into the marriage and really destroys the trust. It destroys the the foundation of of the uh, the coupleship. I mean, what can you say about that? It's so important that we 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 impart necessary tools and and devotions and prayers and all sorts of things so that people can heal from this. Yeah, no, you're right. It's kind of the plague of our times. It's it's something that, you know, really kills the soul and, and destroys relationships, as you said, and, and trust. Um, yeah, and sadly today, you know, obviously men are falling into that, but even women today are falling into 
being addicted to pornography. And so I think a, a, a key to that, overcoming that, is devotion to Our Lady, devotion to St. Joseph, you know, this beautiful married couple that loved each other so much in their hearts, and yet it was a chaste marriage. Um, and I think living a pious life, so being, you know, having devotional practices like the rosary or a particular saint that you pray to and have a relationship with, and then living that sacramental life. You know, we're not perfect, we're going to make mistakes, so, you know, go to confession, um, receive the Eucharist in the state of grace, do not receive him in mortal sin, that's just going to be compounding your problems. Um, and I think when you live like that, you see the Church really as a rehab, as a hospital for the sinner. I know that's what I see it as, I'm, I've still got tons of things I struggle with, and without confession and without, you know, the sacraments of the Church, which is God's medicine for the soul, I'd be in big trouble. And so that's, yeah. that's what I would tell people. What you just said, Father, I think is important because uh, we tend to sort of uh, look at our clergy and, you know, religious, especially the sisters, the brides of Christ. Oh, you know, they're, they're so far ahead of me spiritually and they, they never sin. They, they never do the things that I do, you know, but you retain your humanity, you know, when you're ordained and when religious make their vows and so forth. I, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, diminish any of the, of the, the you know, how we should look at them with through such beautiful eyes and loving eyes. But, um, you know, I think it's important for the lay people to know that the you know, priests and religious people too, human too, especially I would say so that they don't fail to pray for you, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, great point, Jerry, because it's true. I mean, we, we are held to a higher standard, you know, in society because of who we are and our vocation. But, you know, we, we grew up in this world too, and we've got wounds from our past and mistakes we've made. And so, we need those prayers, definitely. So, Father, we mentioned at the beginning, I'm, I'm switching gears a little bit, we mentioned at the beginning that we a lot of the Take-Two family, we follow you on social media. I noticed that you've been absent recently. Any particular reason? Are you going on some kind of, um, you know, fast from it or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because it was about three weeks ago, maybe, I, mm-hmm. I deactivated all my social media, like YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and I'm fine. Nothing happened. Nobody told me to do it. I just, I did it because I'm like, you know what? I want to break from that. It's so dramatic sometimes. And it's just, you know, your your day gets consumed sometimes with that stuff. And about seven years ago, I did the same thing. I bailed out of all of it. Um, and I really only came back on to promote, like, the, the books on St. Joseph and things. And so I'll get back on at some point. I don't know when. But right now, I'm like, I'm just feeling the sweet freedom of not being on social media. So. <laughs> Wow, it's not even Lent either. That's fantastic. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you've, you've got to tell me how you deactivate your Facebook page, Father, because I, I haven't posted on Facebook for about four years, and I haven't posted on Twitter for maybe about the same length of time. But, Father, I you know I've, I found it to be the same way you're you're dealing with it right now. You just need a break from it every now and then. And I talk about you know how some people are so absorbed in this. I mean, it, it could be a full-time job for some people. I see uh, you, once you post something, people like it. You've got to follow up on that. You've got to follow up. You know, you know, pretty soon you can almost get swallowed up by social media. Well, that's it. And, you know, as a priest, it's difficult because people send me private messages, and they want spiritual direction, they want me to answer questions, and I've got a million things i got to do. And then, you know, if I don't answer it, they can see that I read their message, and then sometimes they get upset, like, oh, you're a horrible priest, you're so unpastoral, you read my message but didn't respond, and I'm like, mm. oh, no, I'm like, here we go, you know. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Father, I mean, talking, though, about social media and how people are entering into these real, you know, 
religious debates, if you will, and, and things that are going on in the church and all sorts of things. Any advice you can give folks on the, you know, the, the protocol, the, you know, how to, how to properly kind of behave on, on social media. I mean, I I have to tell you, I know we need to have social media to get the word out. It's part of using technology, but quite honestly, father, I've seen it. I've seen it hurt more than it's really helped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's a tricky one, right? Because it is, it's a tool that can be used for great good. I think, you know, you just have to know a limit and, you know, act as though if Jesus and Mary were sitting, one on your right, one on your left, and you're cranking out this post in response to somebody, it's going to be nasty and you're just going to hammer, you know, would they want you to press send? Would would they want that posted? Or what good is it going to do? Sometimes things need to be said, okay. But a lot of times, you know, we're just really kind of entering into the fight and there's no particular reason. I mean. Um, yes, we need to defend the truth and all of that, without a doubt, 100%. But, you know, a lot of times in social media, it's just so circular, and it's not really doing a lot of good if we're just getting into these arguments. Um, so, you know, pray about it and, and just be careful. And, you know, I learned, you know, I started to get, I, I had the bad pattern. I'd get up in the morning. The first things that I would do is check my Facebook. And I'm like, why? I'm like, I should be like saying my short consecration prayer. I should be greeting our Lord. And here I am getting up and looking at that thing. And so, yeah, I think we just got to prioritize, you know, our day. Our guest is Father Donald Calloway here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, not taking your live calls today because we are pre-recorded, but it is a brand new show airing for the first time today. And many of you know Father Calloway from his, his beautiful conversion story, the books that he has written, the work that he does with the uh, Marians of the Immaculate Conception and the uh, Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, and also his total con- his consecration to St. Joseph that was really swept the world by, by storm. Father, you know, let's talk a little bit about your, your order there, you know, and, and your work with that. We've had Father Chris Alar on the show, and um, it seems the Lord really has put on the hearts of your, uh, I guess, founders or the superiors or all, uh, many of you who are members to really be involved in the media. Get out there and be as, as involved as you can be using the media, television and radio uh, as, especially. Yes. Oh, no, it's amazing what's happening in our community, you know. My, my new provincial father, Chris Alar, who is just amazing, like his output and the impact he's having with his Living Divine Mercy program on EWTN and all the other stuff that he does. It's just so impressive, and he's doing so much good, and, and he's my superior, so I, I couldn't be happier. He's a, he's right. a great man, and, and we have 25 seminarians right now, so, and that's just in the U.S., so we are growing exponentially, and they're good men. They're solid, orthodox, love Our Lady, love the Eucharist, and want to save souls. And we just um, had a whole new crew enter. We just had two ordinations uh, within the last month. We've got another ordination next month. So praise be Jesus Christ, because our community is just flourishing. Amen. Wow. Amen yeah. yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Blessings to you and Father Chris Alar and everyone there in, in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Um, Father, uh, we, Jerry and I did a, one of our Stand Tall retreats there, and it's like a little, pi- a little piece of the sound of music there in Stockbridge. I mean, that is unbelievable. When I, when I wanted to start singing from the sound of music, it was incredible. So um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, little slice of heaven there. Mm-hmm. Well, we call it Eden Hill. 
Um, oh. <laughs> and because it's so peaceful, it's so tranquil. It's like the, the garden, you know, it's just amazing. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, we're with Father Donald Calloway today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie Moore with Father here in just a couple moments on EWTN Radio. Thanks to our affiliates for carrying the program. Ace McCare, our producer, has put this interview together, and we'll have more of it when we come back, so please don't go anywhere. show it's take two with jerry and debbie on ewtn radio and normally you just take a topic and run with it and make it a great highly participated in program today we're giving you the day off on the phones making phone calls to us but not for as far as listening to the program goes father donald calloway is our guest here on take two i'm jerry usher along with debbie giorgiani and debbie i know you had something a follow-up you wanted to ask father I do, I do. Thank you so much. So, Father Calloway, it was mentioned about Father Chris Alar, and um, I, he's another one that everyone here at Take Two loves him and follows him as well. All his videos, his YouTube videos. As a matter of fact, I started a a very small group on Sundays uh, watching some of his um, um, YouTube explanations, like on the Mass and other. Uh, other aspects of the faith. And so we we just kind of want the inside scoop, Father. What's it like working for Father Chris Alar? I mean, he says very nice things about you. Oh, no, he's such a good man. You know, he's he's such a man, because you know you're getting the truth, you know, and he's, he's very um, just kind of throwing himself out there, because, you know, a lot of times the stuff that he says, people don't necessarily want to hear, but He's very good at conveying it in a loving way. You know, when he has to address an issue, um, the hot topic of the day, he does it. He doesn't hold back, but he does it with such love and compassion and truthfulness that, I don't know, I think even people that might come and say, mm, I'm, I'm not going to like this one, by the end of it, I think they're like, it seems like a good guy. I mean, he's, he's somebody, you know, I think that they would want to actually meet in person and realize that, you know, he's saying the things that he does, the truthful things, because he actually loves souls and wants wants them to be happy. So, yeah, me being under him as he's my superior. I, I thank God for um, for him and, and for for his uh, leading us right now. Well, he feels the same about you because we've had him on the show. So it's such a beautiful team you make with everybody else. I'm sure that is really helping souls um, get to heaven. So God bless you for all you do. I just want to say real quickly, Jerry, you mentioned Father Calloway's books. Um, Father, it, I loved your consecration to St. Joseph. Absolutely love, love, love it. It's on my coffee table in my living room. I tell everybody about it. I used it uh, for several pledge drives as premium gifts because um, uh, Jerry and I do pledge drives for the affiliates around the country. But still, my favorite father is Rosary Gems from like 2015. It is such an incredible book. Just talk a little bit about that, because I think that is a must-have for people. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so yeah, I just, I love the Rosary too, right? It, It brought me so much into a deeper relationship with our Lord, and I just wanted to put together a book that contains, you know, great quotes from saints and popes and mystics and all that on the rosary and really get people, you know, praying that daily rosary. I know it can be tough. It can be a challenge. I, I know. I, we all get distracted. It's understandable. I don't think anybody prayed a perfect rosary, but Padre Pio probably, right? But <laughs> um, so I, I just, I can't recommend it enough. To me, it's 20 minutes of daily therapy that just is 
medicinal to the soul. And so I wanted to get that out there. And so I, I put that book out there. Well, on the topic of prayer, Father, talk, speak to the importance of, of everybody taking some time every day to pray. We get in these busy hustle and bustle uh, routines of life, and we think, you know, maybe grace before meals is cutting it for our prayer life, you know, or maybe, you know, arrive at Mass, you know, just on time on Sunday and, and you know, bolt out right after communion. Um, talk about the need, the, the yearning that's really innately on the human heart to connect with our God, with our Creator, and the importance of, you know, because for, for me, it, my prayer time every day is like oxygen. If I don't do it, I, I, I feel it. So um, for people that may be just getting started in, in a prayer life, you know, what are some things that they can do to, uh, you know, to get started on that road? Yeah, I mean, it's really essential. Um, just like we need food for the body to survive. If we don't eat, you know, we're going to die. Our body will die. Well, as you said, you know, prayer is like the air we breathe. It, it, it really does oxygenate the soul, so to speak. And, you know, it's a relationship. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're in communication. We're, we're talking to our God. And it doesn't have to be something poetic. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, um, is expressed in such a way that, you know, um, you get a trophy at the end. No, it's simple. Keep it simple. You know, God is a loving Father, and He knows everything, of course, but, you know, make it simple. Just, Heavenly Father, this is what I'm going through. You know, here's my highs and my lows, my struggles, my joys. Um, and I think that that way of entering into it, it doesn't, it doesn't become a burden, because sometimes people can overburden themselves and then they burn out, and then they just abandon it altogether, um, kind of like lifting weights, right? You don't go right into the gym and start pounding out, you know, benching 400 pounds. you gotta, you got to build up to that stuff, and, and that's okay. That's normal. Um, and it's the same thing with our prayer life. Start out simple, basic, um, and then build up to it. And, and, and then even then, you know, um, don't bite off more than you can chew. You know, it, sometimes people can kind of overdo it, and it becomes something that they don't enjoy anymore. And you don't want that. Um, so simple, simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. Less is more with God, right, Father? When we just, you know, give even just a little bit, but and, and we're very committed to it and, and very focused, it, it goes a long way with God. We don't have to have a, a certain amount or check the right boxes or, you know, spend a certain amount of, of time in, in, in focused um, attention and prayer. Just sometimes just making that effort goes a long way, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's a good father. He, he understands and I always talk about prayer and things like the rosary, you know, butterfly kisses, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're children of God, and he'll take all the distracted little pecks on the, you know, chin that he can get on the cheek, and he's a good father. So, you know, you just keep at it, keep giving him what you can, right. and he'll take it, and it'll increase. It'll increase. Right, right. It'll increase. I love that. So, Father Calloway, again, let, let's switch gears again, because I'm trying to represent, and so is Jerry, the, the Take-Two family and what, you know, questions they wanted to ask when we had Father Chris Aylar on, and now you're on with us, and we're so grateful to you that you, you made the time for all of us. Um, but a lot of families, they're hurting, Father. Their kids are walking away from the faith. Their adult children are deciding that they're no longer believing in God. Um, all these things are happening very, very fast um, in families. And, you know, parents are, are feeling 
you know, lost. They don't know where to go. They don't have access to priests uh, to sit down for hours on end to, to talk about their family issues. What would you say? Is there anything you can say, given that you travel all, you know, really all around the world? Uh, what can you say to folks uh, to start now to help their families come back together and, and come back to Holy Mother Church? Yeah, you're touching on something that's so true. I see it, you know, in, in my priesthood and my travels. And there's so many distractions out there right now. There's so many things that are vying for our attention to get us away from God and get us away from church and participating in, in, in those things. And I think for, you know, a lot of people, what it takes, I think, is community, because what the devil wants to do, I think, is isolate us and then just pick us off one by one. But if we're in a community, you know, family, husbands and wives, praying together, it can, I know it can be difficult because it's, it's, it you, you feel vulnerable, you know, when you're exposing to someone your prayer life or your spiritual life and you're, you know, talking to God in front of others, it can be a little vulnerable, but you know what, that's okay, um, because it shows the other that, you know, wow, you're, you're allowing yourself to be that vulnerable, and you're, you're letting me in on something that's very special to you. I think when couples do that, that's very powerful stuff. When families do that, oh my goodness, it's powerful, powerful, powerful. And then when you do it as a, as a parish, maybe, you know, a prayer group, a rosary group, a Divine Mercy group, some kind of group where you have that community and fellowship um, together. You know, we're going to get through this tough times together, not by ourselves. That's, that's a tactic of the enemy is to get us isolated. Yeah, and in, uh, in keeping with Debbie was saying, Father, about you know wanting to represent you know what's on the hearts of the Take Two family, um, we have found uh, in our approach to the show as as the co-hosts, we try to be you know very transparent, you know very open about our own past, our own history, our own sins, you know to to an extent. Obviously, you don't want to you know it's not, I don't want to air your confessions on the radio, but we we've found that people, the emails that we get, uh, they take, you know, people call the program and so forth. Um, that is just really, um, great for them. And, and it really gives them a platform. It makes them feel free to kind of share what their wounds are that they have gone through as well. So you as a priest, you have shared, you know, obviously very publicly, um, some very difficult, challenging times you went through in your life early on anyway. Um, how has that helped people, you know, really resonate to your message and really gives you, I guess, in a certain sense, you know, the street credibility, you know, if I can put it that way? <laughs> yeah, no, what you're saying is really important because you're right. I mean, that's where that being a witness comes in. You know, we're all sinners. We've all got baggage and wounds. And I think whether it's lay people sharing that um, in its proper context, as you said, and, you know, saying what can be said, and some things are just between us and God, but, mm -hmm. and as a priest, you know, it, it really does, when you let people know, yes, I'm striving for holiness, and I'm, you know, wanting to do my best to do God's will, but I've made some mistakes, and, you know, I, I'm, I've learned from them, and I continue to learn from them, and I, I don't know, I think that gives people hope, because sometimes people are their own worst enemies, and they're, they don't, they're not merciful to themselves, and they think, no, oh, this couldn't happen to me, no, yes, it could. Yes, it could. You know, you're not the exception to the cross. There's tons of mercy for all of us. And um, yeah, great point, you know, of, of having that um, ability to witness to others. Father, I have to tell you, lately I've noticed that there's a lack of joy in a lot mm. of um, 
uh, Catholic Christians. Why is that? I mean, I have, I, my life is pretty difficult if you look at my, my health situation and various things that are going on in my life. But I try to really maintain that, that love, joy, and peace because, I mean, how are you really ever going to evangelize and, and, and really impart that Christian witness to others if you're not, you know, demonstrating it? And, and I just don't understand. I see, I see some really, like what, what? What was it? Who was it? Uh, Saint Teresa of Avila, the kind of the sour-faced <laughs> folks walking around. What? What's going on? It's so negative. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there is a lot of that, and I think I think a lot of it just has to do with the stuff that we're enduring, kind of right now in the world and even in the church. It's it's stressful, and people are just like on edge, mm-hmm. um, and just angry like there's times i get upset like i'm something happens in the church and i'm like ah oh, i'm like shoot me now i'm like this is ridiculous what's going on you know and um but then you've got to you're right you've got to come back to that joy because that negativity can wear you down and i remember last year i was at a talk with christophonic and it was on joy the talk he gave and at a lot of conferences i don't get to listen to the other speakers because i'm at the book table or i'm hearing confessions or whatever but this time I just sat in there. I didn't have anything to, else to do. And I listened to his talk on joy, and I needed it. I was like, and afterwards I went up to him and I said, thanks, brother, for that talk. I mean, I don't know if anybody else heard it like I did, but I really, that rejuvenated me. And I thanks for that. And um, yeah, I, you're so right. We need to be more joyful. And yes, there's stress. Yes, there's anxiety. And every now and then we get upset with the craziness in the world and the church. But we, we, we have to be joyful, yeah. For those who like acronyms, a gentleman in our men's group at, at our parish a couple of weeks ago said, joy, Jesus, others, yourself, in that order. And it's a good, uh, good way to remember, you know, how we want to keep those priorities uh, in line. Um, Father Donald Calloway is our guest here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, a pre-recorded episode of the program. We will resume with uh, Father Calloway in just a moment. First, I want to tell you that Sunday nights at 6 Eastern time right here on EWT, Radio. You can listen to Catholics Coast to Coast. It's our weekly look at some of the best Catholic podcasts from all across America, available at EWTN's Podcast Central, and it's hosted by our producer Ace McKay. That's Catholics Coast to Coast, Sunday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on EWTN Radio. And Father, I know you've been heavily involved in the vocation side of your order. Um, you were you were based at Franciscan University for a while. I believe you've been the vocation director. As you kind of look out over the landscape in, in say, in the U.S. and maybe even in some other countries, what are you seeing right now uh, in, with regard to young people? Are they hungering for that? Are they sensing that? Are they asking the right question? You know, God, what is it you want me to do with my life? Mm-hmm. Um. Yes and no. So there's there's definitely a lot of great things happening with young people. Um, I see that a lot. They're they're hungering. That's never going to go away, right? We are made. We're thirsting for more. We we want more than just this life offers. And yet, at the same time, you know, like the education system right now, and so much is against them because so many of them have become indoctrination camps for this woke culture that we live in, and this complete just nonsense that's being told about all these different genders and just it's 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 bad i mean it's really really bad and it's almost impossible not to be affected by that um and so i think the human heart in them is longing and yet they're just being bombarded 
daily in everything, whether it's the education, the TV, um, the workplace, when they go into the work field, there's just so much stuff that, um, yeah, you see the battle, you see the spiritual battle being played out right now. And so we've just got to keep, you know, the young people in prayer because they're searching Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to do our best to get to them first and, 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 and help them um, and their longing for, for ultimate happiness. Um, I've always said this, Father, that I believe that the uh, diary of St. Faustina um, can really help. Each um, entry into in that diary you can meditate on. It is absolutely another spiritual game changer, I believe. And and so I, I, I would like to um, go back to Stockbridge, Massachusetts, uh, the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. Um, can you share a little bit about uh, the Divine Mercy messages, the devotion, how it can help, um, what we need to know? Uh, you know, I've seen so much recently on, on again, social media. Uh, some people are even even saying that, oh, it's too much emphasis on Divine Mercy. I don't believe that. I mean, you know, some of this stuff, it's it's very hard uh, when it's just coming at you so so fast and furious. I believe that that, that diary is, is golden for us. What, what do you say to that, Father? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, there's no competition, right? Some people say, well, yeah, but it's it's kind of placed the devotion of the Sacred Heart on the back burner. It's like, no, it hasn't. There, it's a different emphasis. You know, the mm-hmm. Sacred Heart devotion, which is wonderful, I'm actually writing a book on it at the moment, um, it's about reparation, <laughs> right, right? right? And we need that. But the Divine Mercy message, the same Jesus, it's just the central message in the Divine Mercy message is trust. Um, and, you know, think about today, when so many people are telling us, can you trust God? Can you trust the Church? Can you trust priests? Can you trust these, you know, institutions? And so I think that right now, that really needs to be a focus of our spirituality, is, Jesus, I trust in you. Even though the world's fallen apart around me, and yes, there's been scandal in the Church, and there's been hurt and pain and hardship, and but Lord, I know that you're here. I, I, I don't doubt you, and... Um, you know, and being merciful. I mean, yes, there's justice, and we we should not overlook things that you know are due to others and, and justice issues for sure. But you know, we all need to be compassionate, merciful, forgiving. That doesn't mean that we get rid of the truth. Absolutely not. It's the last thing that I want to do. Um, but we're wounded. We you know we we need love. We need to be told that you know even the horrible, sinful things that we've done, that God is there for us and. You know, sometimes people think, well, yes, but this needs to happen. And then, you know, you just remember, you know, James and John, they wanted to call down thunder upon the crowd, and perhaps they were right. But Jesus steps in and says, that's that's not what we do. You know, do you not think I could call down a, a whole army of angels right now and take care of the situation? Of course he could. But he's a merciful Savior, and we should strive to imitate him. Yes. Uh, I want to mention, too, before we go on, uh, Father Donald Calloway's uh, website. It's Father, spelled out, Father, spelled out, Calloway, C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y.com, FatherCalloway.com. Um, what will people find there, Father? I imagine all of your resources and how they can book you for a speaking engagement and so forth. Yeah, so I've got all my books on there, the speaking stuff, um, and then the vocation uh, page is there, too. So any young man who's interested in uh, checking out uh, the Marian Fathers, and then the pilgrimages. So I, I'm back in the pilgrimage groove again since all the COVID stuff. Um, 
So now I'm up to like three or four pilgrimages a year, uh, leading those, and absolutely love doing those. That's mm. a, a kind of a highlight of my year is to go to those sacred places and, and, and meet great people on those pilgrimages. Yeah, and mention again for us your, your latest book, which I believe you said is at EWTNRC.com. Yep. So it's The Chaste Heart of St. Joseph, a graphic novel, which is basically a fancy way of saying a comic book. Um, <laughs> but it's really good. The illustrations, uh, Sam Estrada, um, super devout Catholic, did all the drawings. I, I didn't. I, we wouldn't have sold one book if I did the drawings. But um, I did all the words in the book, and he did the, the artwork, and it focuses on St. Joseph in a, you know, kind of for children way, but it's got some deep theology there, too. So the chaste heart of St. Joseph. Very good. Um, and Father, you know, um, I'm reminded of how, you know, the, the crowd sought out Jesus all the time, and he had trouble getting away from them. Not to mm-hmm. compare you to Jesus, necessarily, but in your life and your ministry, and yet you mentioned the pilgrimages and the speaking engagements and the, all of the, the demands that are placed upon you. I know you probably love them and you thrive on them, but you have to get you know, recharged as well. So tell us where Father Donald Calloway goes. What do you do? Um, how do you get that, you know, frater- especially the fraternal support and the refreshment that you need to kind of keep you going? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We we need that. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes if I'm on pilgrimage somewhere, I might stay an extra day or two and just kind of have some downtime and prayer time on my own. Or, you know, if I'm in a cool place that I've never surfed before, for example, <laughs> I love to surf, you know, I'll People know that, so they hook me up with wetsuits and boards, and I'll go surf somewhere and just exhaust myself in that physical activity. I love it. Um, go camping, go you know hiking up in the mountains. I was just recently in the Canadian Rockies and just had a blast. Mm, um, so yeah, yeah, I, I got to do that just like everybody else. Wonderful, Father Calloway. Any uh, we have about five minutes. Um, we like to always give our priests. Um, that are our guests for Take Two, time to share with the Take Two audience that's worldwide, something that's on your mind, your heart, something you want us to pray for, uh, look out for, uh, what, whatever whatever you feel prompted by the Spirit. But we wanted to give you that time to address the, the audience of something that you really wanted to share. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, I think most people, I think, are aware right now that we're living in just such a almost you could say like a biblical time. It it just seems like something is around the corner. You're like, how far gone is humanity going to get before something big happens? And and I don't know what that would be or what that would look like. But, um, you know, even a lot of my, my, my family members who are not practicing the faith and friends who are not practicing, even they say, things just seem off. Like, where is everything going? This is not the America that I grew up in. This is not the world culture that I grew up in. Everything just seems a little weird at the moment. And I I think that's true. And and yet, I think right now, we're being offered by our Lord an opportunity, I think, to really get back to the basics. I mean, I think a lot of people learn that during the, the, the COVID craziness and, you know, I didn't agree with all that shutdown stuff and closing everything. I don't think that was a decision. Nonetheless, I think that a lot of people did take advantage of that to almost like make it a retreat. Lord, are you trying to tell me something here? Do I need to kind of refocus myself? Do I need to focus more on my family, on my relationship with you, on my attendance at church, on my life of virtue, on my prayer life, and all the language that I use, the things that I entertain myself with? I, I think a lot of people use that to their advantage and really did grow in their spiritual life. And I think 
you know, even now when things are back open and we can travel again and all that kind of stuff, um, I don't know. I, I, I just get a sense that the Lord is saying to us, um, prepare, prepare, live in a state of grace, um, avail yourself to the sacraments, live a devout life. We don't know what's coming, as our Lord says. We don't know the day or the hour. Um, we don't know what's coming down the road. We know we got a lot of very big things going on in the world right now, <laughs> potential world war. I mean, <laughs> this is not what we're living yeah. through. We know in the Church we got a lot of confusion. we got a synod going on, and we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, we've got to pray. We've got to be right with God, and I think prepared for what the future holds. And we're not going to be prepared unless we're, you know, close to our Lord, close to the sacraments, and and doing what we can, and and society needs that, our broken families need that, our diocese, our parishes need that, and so that's my encouragement to everybody is times are crazy, but don't give up. As long as you've got a pulse, you've got hope. (laughs) Continue to pray for your sons and daughters, for your grandchildren, for your marriage, for your spouse, Um, and pray for the Church, pray for the Pope, pray for the bishops, pray for the priests. we need to saturate ourselves in all that, because that's what's going to give us hope. That's what's going to give us peace, no matter what comes. You know, yeah. though the mountains fall and, and the waves are crashing, Lord, I trust you. I know you're here, and if this all collapses and falls apart tomorrow, I love you, and I'm with you. And, and that's, I think, what the world needs to, to cling to right now. And I think we've been shown that recently. Everything can collapse in a second. Things can shut down in an instant. Um, so let's be prepared. Let's be prepared. Wow. Father, if my count is right, that's about six times you said the word prepared. It must be very much on your heart. And I love how you said, be prepared by just being living a life of a state of grace, receiving the sacraments. These are the really things that we really need to stay anchored on. <clears throat> word about our last final 60 seconds here. Can, we, can you take about 15 of those seconds to give us a blessing? You bet. Heavenly Father, pour down your graces and mercies upon all the listeners and their families through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph. I give this blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Donald Calloway, thank you so much. Uh, we we pray for you. We pray for all of our priests, our religious, those of you who are kind of out there in the in the crosshairs of the enemy. So may God keep you safe and, and, and just be totally in love and on fire for him as you, as you obviously are. So thank you for your time on the show today. Thanks, my friends. God bless you. Wow, Deb, amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Father Calloway. Amazing broadcast for the Take Two family. Hope you get a lot out of it. Please share it. And until we meet again, have a beautiful and blessed day. We always ask St. Joseph, please pray for us.